Welcome to Happy to Be Here, your wellness starter kit podcast. This week, we're talking to Sarah Becker, registered dietitian nutritionist at Indigo Wellness. She's walking us through how to best support our bodies and minds with nutrition that works for us. I don't believe in restrictive diets or drastic lifestyle changes, so this isn't that kind of conversation. Instead, it's an honest and open take on how food can help us live our best lives. In addition, there is one mention of disordered eating towards the end of the conversation. You'll find that time mark in the episode description. The question is around how to introduce new foods if you have a history of disordered eating. And in it, I mentioned my own history and relationship with food. I hope this episode with Sarah sheds a lot of wisdom on how to best support your body, gut health, and more. I'm Vivian. This is happy to be here. And here's my conversation with Sarah. Well, I'm so excited to be on this episode of Happy to Be Here. I was just telling Sarah right before we jumped on that like I'm going through all of Indigo Wellness and all of the panel that I, that I was like watching you guys speak on because everyone had such a wealth of knowledge and you're going to come on to this podcast and I know dropped so many nuggets on how people can live a more, a healthier life, quote unquote, on like what healthy means to them, particularly through the lens of nutrition. And as summer is gearing up and we're kind of going through these transitional periods in the year, I know that a lot of people sit with those questions. They're like, I'm at the halfway mark of the year and I'm not where I want to be with my nutrition. Or I'm like, it's summertime. And how do I make sure that I'm still eating healthy while I'm on the go more? And so I knew that you talking to you was going to be like a very exciting conversation for all the knowledge you're going to bring to the table. Thank you. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit more about who you are, how you ended up in this space, and then we can dive into more questions. Yeah. So nutrition is um, like a second and third career for me. Um, Mm. I graduated from college in 2012 and entered many different industries. I was in corporate philanthropy for a while. Um, I dabbled in advertising. Um, I went to consulting before I really just never felt like my cup was full for me. And I was always fascinated by the world of wellness and nutrition. And I found that I was spending a lot of my time researching um, nutrition. And I had some friends make pivots from their careers. And it was kind of this aha moment for me that I can pivot doesn't matter what age I am, where I am in my career, but I deserve to be happy as well. And let me tell you, it wasn't an easy decision, um, but I went for it and I am so happy I did because I am finally in a career where I feel so fulfilled. And I always knew I wanted to do something to help others. Um, And now landing in that role and realizing that being a dietitian was where I was meant to be all along feels really great. That's so awesome. And I think it speaks to, I know very little of you and only I know from you is like from what I see on social, what I saw on the panel and what I've heard of from everyone at Indigo, which is all really, really amazing things. But I think it also just speaks to what I, what I do know of you, which is like this overall mantra of being where you are and acknowledging that and then building like the version of you you want to be and, and that you're hopeful can align with like all the things that you're living in the day to day. And I love that the career change kind of just helped reflect a better version of what you see when you look in the mirror, what you felt mm-hmm. internally. Totally. And it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, it wasn't easy decision. Um, financially, I'm leaving a stable income. I have to go back to school, start paying tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, I had a very uh, supportive partner and family and they just said, go for it. I love that. So tell me how you've been building your practice and your work with Indigo and what that looks like in a day-to-day when you're taking on clients. 
So I graduated from my master's um, from Hunter College uh, a year ago now, and then I passed my RD in July. And I always knew I wanted to be in a group practice setting. And in my mind, Indigo was always like the gold standard. If it wasn't Indigo, I was always hoping to create this holistic wellness clinic on my own. Um, And I had known Carolyn for a while and I had reached out to her and I said, hey, are you guys looking to hire? And serendipitously, like the the stars aligned on that one. Amazing. Um, So I feel really lucky to be working with the team there. Um, My day-to-day, every day is different. Um, Like right now I'm recording a podcast. I saw clients (laughs) this morning. I'm seeing clients after. Um, I see uh, primarily women, but I have a handful of male clients too. Um, ages teen to in their 70s. And um, we deal with kind of everything and anything, but gut health is really my bread and butter and where my passions lie. Um, But everything from gals who have PCOS, um, people who are trying to get pregnant, lose weight, um, weight gain, um, dealing with all the gut issues, constipation, diarrhea, dysbiosis, parasites, all that good stuff, hormone health. which I really love because every day is a new puzzle and every client is a new puzzle. And I'm here to best help put their pieces together and look at them from a holistic lens and get to the root cause of their issues so that they can go through their lives feeling the best possible. When you are seeing all your patients and just like being in this space so deeply, right? Like I'm on the interviewer side of these conversations and on like the TikTok side of it too. So then it I see a lot of these conversations surface to the, the mainstream conversation. And I'm glad that I have a podcast that I can ask experts on because I think there's a lot of information out there that can be really scary and fear-mongering and or excessive, right? And go through like the specific degree on just, you should cut everything out or you should add all of this in and never really individualize in that nature. And I think that my question to you is when you have your clients and these patients that you're speaking to, are you seeing right now specifically more trends around spe- like specific things around gut health or hormone health? Um, and what are some of those things? So yes, the trends will always be there. Social media, <laughs> social media is always going to be there. The handful of clients or the amount of clients that I have come to me and they're like, Sarah, I saw X, Y, Z on TikTok. What do you think? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, one, I'm happy you're coming to me and asking what I think rather than just acting on. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, when I open my Instagram, for example, it's all of this de-bloat pills. You'll Mm -hmm. see gals who have like really distended stomachs and they're like, take this pill and you'll feel better. And and again, I eye roll. Um, Yes, bloating is very common, but it is by no means a normal symptom. And sure, some of these products are can be helpful. Um, they have herbs that can be very soothing for gas and bloat, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's not normal. So we don't want to just give you a Band-Aid supplement. We really want to get under the hood of what's going on inside your stomach to get to the root cause so that you don't have to rely on these supplements. We don't want you to be bloated after every meal. That is really like a red flag that something deeper is going on. Um, And that's where we can come in to really help. Are there other myths that people have come to you with or other things that you feel like you are constantly debunking? Um, Yes. A lot of 
women particularly, they, the, the low fat trend is still here. Um, and a lot of clients, I have to you know, educate them that higher fat is better for women. Um, it is better for our hormone health, for our energy, for our mood, for our fullness, for our satiety. Um, we need those healthy fats um, really to propel us through the day. And I see a lot of women lacking in them. And mostly people are like, oh, I like low fat yogurt is one of the most common things I'll see for breakfast. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to upgrade you and get you a two to 5% even whole fat. There's totally nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. See, I love this because I think that there's so much, like I said, like conversations around deprivation or less of, and I think it also goes back to this overall notion that women believe they have to feel and take up less space. And I think it's just all connected in general. Um, But when it comes to things like bloating and really getting to the root cause, what I love about what you all do at Indigo and what it seems like your practice does too is just this idea of making sure that you're actually treating not just the symptoms, but the thing that's like at the center. And one of my favorite things that I haven't personally done yet, but we'll probably do at some point, um, is your shit kit, which I want to hear more about. And it's just overall how you get to the root of a lot of people's like, oh, this is what we should actually be dealing with. Yeah. So the the shit kit, (laughs) otherwise known as the GI map, is a functional tool that we run uh, at Indigo. And I'd love to get into details, but I think it's really important to note before that is before I ask a client to spend, invest, I mean, the Mm -hmm. test is almost $400. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Before we even go there, we really need to address the foundations of digestion and address the basics. Because if you're not doing that, I don't want your money. And the Mm. test isn't even going to, sure, it's going to give us answers, but it doesn't matter what protocol or what supplements I give you. If you're not addressing those foundations and laying down those bricks, the supplements aren't going to work as well. What are those foundations? Great question. So we call these the the low-hanging fruit. So um, eating in an undistracted manner, phone-free, computer-free, not eating during lunch at your desk. Um, Can you maybe take your lunch outside and take 15 minutes to just veg and be with your food, your mind, your body, your gut, they're all connected. And we want to make sure that they're listening to each other. Um, Taking three deep diaphragmatic belly breaths. So that's breathing from your stomach. Three deep breaths before a meal can activate our vagus nerve and say, hey, we're about to eat. Let's put our resources into into digesting our food. Um, Mm. Chewing your food one of the biggest rules. How many of us just scarf down <laughs> and inhale our food whole? I'm guilty yeah. of that too. You really have to make an effort to say, okay, I'm going to chew this 10, 20, 30 times before I swallow. Your food should not be the same consistency as when you put it in your mouth to when you swallow. Um, eating bitter foods is a really great way to help. Oh, wow. Um, activate our digestive enzymes, our stomach acids. So these are things like watercress, endive, radicchio, those bitter greens, Um, even adding like citrus peel, like zesting citrus peel on salads is another great way. Uh, Dandelion tea is another bitter. Um, So these are things that are cost you zero dollars. And when you actually sit with these tools for a week. Like I have clients who 
they'll come to me and they say, I have undigested food in my stool, most commonly like leafy greens. And then I'll give them these tips. And I'm not kidding you, within a, a two week visit, they're like, my my stool is clean. Like I'm, mm. I'm, and that means they're actually absorbing their nutrients and extracting the nutrients from their food rather than eating it and it's coming right back out. This is actually great because I think that one of the things that I am fascinated with and that I think more people should understand are just like the basics of eating and also pooping. I asked Carolyn this in one of the previous episodes, but I was like, we were talking about constipation. And I'm like, could you just explain what constipation is? Because I think people, you know it in theory, but you don't know like, oh, if I am not pooping X amount of times in a day, or it's taking me this long to poop, that's constipation. So when it comes to eating and just like how we're supposed to be sitting and what kinds of foods we're supposed to be having, what's like the 101 course on like, oh, this is what if I was taking a tutorial right now on how to best eat, this is what it would look like. That's a great question. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like I could talk about this for <laughs> an hour. Um, but yeah, back to those basics. I would say sit in a chair, no standing, two feet on the floor. Take those three deep belly breaths before you eat. If you can eat undistracted, even better. I like to ask clients, can we get, like the goal is one meal a day, distraction-free. Um, and chew our food and actually like tune into the food. Like what's on your plate? What are the colors on our plate? What are the textures? And then when they're in your mouth, like feel them, like, what are you actually eating? Can you taste the flavors, um, to that food? And a meal should at least be 15 minutes. 30 would be ideal, but I know that's stretching it in a lot of our in a lot of our uh, jobs, et cetera. Um, and then stick to whole foods as much as possible. Um, so things that are on, not in a package um, as much as possible. Can we stick to whole grains, beans, nuts, seeds, fruits, veggies, um, organic, grass-fed, wild um, protein when able, all of those things. And then from a constipation piece, um, going daily, one to three times a day is normal. We want it to be pain-free. We want full evacuation. Um, Anything that is like on the mushier side or what we call like rabbit pellety, um, that would be more of the constipation end. Um, Ideally, once a day is kind of where we like to see clients. And if we don't, that's um, also something that we must address before we do any sort of, for example, GI map, we can circle back and I can talk about that. But like, I don't, I'm not going to treat anything that's going on in the gut until we get the toxins to the toilet. And that's one of my favorite phrases. Um, I know I was going to say that's such a good one. (laughs) If you're constipated, then those toxins are sitting in your body and you might Mm -hmm. feel crummy. You might feel brain fog. You're going to be extra tired, all of these things. And because those toxins are just sitting in your colon and then they get reabsorbed into your body. And that's not good. No. And it's, it goes back to what I, I, uh, something that I talk about a lot on the podcast is this like your mental health and your wellness routine shouldn't be a full-time job, but they also shouldn't be your full salary. Like there should be a good portion of it that goes back to like feeding you and doing all the things, but also like living um, and creating sustainability across the board and all your routines. And like, 
going back to the root causes of all these things and figuring out like, oh, am I going to the bathroom the right way? Am I giving myself enough time to go to the bathroom? Am I eating in the right way? And those are things that oftentimes we go to the wayside and in choosing something that's going to be a short-term fix, like you mentioned, a debloating supplement. You're like, okay, this will just fix the the temporary problem, but it's not going to the root cause. Um, and how great if a $30 supplement could be replaced with like, oh, maybe I should just sit for 10 minutes on the toilet and see what happens. <laughs> totally. And like mm-hmm. you said, like we don't want wellness to be a full-time job or a full-time paycheck. Like I think that is the perfect way to um, like encompass what we're talking about and what I work on with my clients too. Um, and I always look at their lifestyle and work with them, with their budget, with their day-to-day, because I'm not here to um, overhaul their day-to-day and their habits. That's not going to work. We want them to be sustainable for them. Um, and so a lot of times, like, yeah, none of this is a quick fix, but it's going to lead to long-lasting results. What other tips do you share with patients or clients um, and can share right now on the podcast that can help people if they're trying to figure out where to start? That's a great question. Um, I would just do a little audit of your diet. Um, I try to have all clients keep a food journal even just for five days so I can really get a seat at the table. That's what I tell them. I can't eat every meal with you, but I want to know what are you eating um, so I can then make best upgrades and adjustments. People come to me and they're like, oh, you're going to tell me to not eat a cookie or not eat my mm-hmm. favorite ice cream. I'm like, heck no. Like I, I eat all those things. Those bring me mm-hmm. so much happiness and so much joy. And they, I hope bring you that too. And so we're mm-hmm. just going to work around it. Um, so that's where I like to start is with the diet piece. And then also it's so much more than food. And that's what I don't think people realize it's how are you sleeping? How are you managing mm. your stress? How are your relationships? How is your environment? Is Are you working at a clean desk during the day or is you filled in clutter? Um, all of these things can make and paint the best picture for this person and help them heal in the right direction. Can you talk to me more too about like gut health in general and what what happens when our hormones and our guts aren't healthy? Like, what does that actually mean? Because I have those, I see those trends so often and people are trying to like reset their hormones or reset their gut. And I I personally get really scared at how much, at how many people on like TikTok are giving instructions to people. And I'm like, you're probably not, I don't know, maybe you are the best person to be giving this, maybe you're not. But I would love it if someone on this podcast can hear it from like a credited source. So what does it mean when our gut is out of whack? Um, Mm -hmm. So the good thing about this test, the GI map, is that it's kind of like a magnifying glass looking down into our gut from top to tail of how our digestive enzymes are working. Um, Are we producing enough stomach acid? Do we have inflammation in our body? Do we have enough of the good versus the bad bugs? We call this dysbiosis. Do we have parasites? Do we have pathogens? Do we have unnecessary bugs that are just hanging around in our system and making us feel wonky. Or some people might not even be symptomatic at all, which is interesting. Um, But when we are feeling, like I mentioned, brain fog, when your gut is just, if you have gas bloating all the time, if you have diarrhea, if you're constipated, if you have reflux, um, heartburn, all of these things, it's 
a nod to that something's going on and we can we can look deeper. Can you speak to a parasite cleanse? Have you heard of this? Because this is another trend that I've been seeing slowly start creeping up and more people are like actually doing it and seeing the parasites in their poop when they finish the cleanse and suggesting other people should do it, which is like interesting, but also scary if you're just like, here, go do this cleanse without any real guidance. Okay. That would be disclaimer. Number one, please do not, yeah. <laughs> please do not do any form of parasite cleanse without the supervision and guidance of a trained healthcare practitioner. Um, most of us, I don't want to say most of us, parasites are normal. You, If you've ever had a bout of food poisoning, if you've ever had traveler's diarrhea, if you've ever traveled to a foreign country and you've had stomach issues, you may have picked something up. Now, if our immune system and our gut immune system is healthy enough, it's mm -hmm. possible that we have the ability to clean ourselves of the parasite naturally. Now it's when those symptoms linger and you'll like, you know, when you've eaten a bad piece of sushi and you're like, yeah. oh boy, like <laughs> something's not right. If you're not better in a couple days, um, then you have not cleared that acute infection and it's possible that that bug is there to stay and you need to work with someone. Now protocols are totally customized based on the kind of parasite that you picked up. They're all mm. different and some of them are treated very different. Some of them you actually might need an antibiotic. Some of them you might need an herbal antibiotic. Um, practitioners can walk you through the pros and cons of going the conventional versus the functional route. Um, some of them are work better in tandem too. And again, these are things you wouldn't know unless you one are being tested and two working with a provider. And you mentioned you can see them in your stool and yes, that's healthy and very normal. Um, that is a sign that you are in fact passing a parasite and it's being eliminated from your body. I feel like we've been in the toilet a lot during this conversation, <laughs> which is really good. And I'm like, I didn't realize how much of a passion I have for like, let's make sure we're going to the bathroom well until I started having conversations with y'all at Indigo. But I do think it's so important. But I want to flip it over to the side of this where we're actually eating stuff that yes. ends up in the toilet. Let's talk about um, it. I know, right? Okay, so I want to start off with the fact that it is summer-ish. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be June. Um, so definitely summer. And I know that I even personally struggle with eating fuller meals in the summertime because it's so hot and the idea of cooking is the harder part because I don't want to stand next to a stove the whole time. What are some healthy tips of how we can manage like the shift in seasons and how that impacts nutrition so that we're still getting all the things we're supposed to be getting in each meal, but in ways that are sustainable with like the way life changes? Yeah, great question. It's summer, it gets hotter. Like you said, we don't want to turn on our oven. Um, mm -hmm. These are all, this is normal. Um, and it's our body acclimating and changing with the season, a very normal, natural process that happens. Um and it's an opportunity for us to listen to our bodies. Let's tune in. You're going to start to mm -hmm. crave more cooling foods, more salads, maybe more smoothies. Mm -hmm. um, and I love your question of how can we not compromise our nutrition? And just because the season is changing doesn't mean our nutrition has to. Um, and so ways to do this, I mentioned smoothies. I love adding sneaky veggies into our smoothies. So whether this is frozen spinach, frozen cauliflower is a great one, even frozen zucchini, um, it's a group smoothies are a great 
great way to pack in nutrients, especially if you know you're going to have a busy weekend, you're going to be at the beach with friends or you have a barbecue. It's less, it's, I like to say, how can we prioritize the meals that we have control over? So a smoothie is a great way to do that. Throw in frozen avocado, throw in chia and flax seeds, some fruit, some protein, um, making sure you're getting all those essential macronutrients to sustain you through the day. Um, and say we're going to a barbecue at night. Okay, awesome. How can we prioritize lunch and, or breakfast and lunch, mm. which we know we have more control over, um, so that by the time the barbecue rolls around, we're not starving and grazing all over. And another thing you can do is before that barbecue, like, can we have a balanced snack at home? So again, by the time we get to our party, we're not ravenous. Um, and so some great examples are like a pre-party snack would be, you know, carrots and hummus or make a couple of lettuce wraps with turkey or make a rice cake with uh, nut butter and hemp seeds, uh, a couple hard boiled eggs, um, carrots and guac. You know, there are so many different great options. And I know you won't do this, but I will. Your Instagram is full of amazing recipes that I just like go through. And I'm like, these are just so pretty too. Thank Um, you. It feels so enticing. So I think that's a really good resource if you're looking for snacks or meals that will be nutritious, but also really beautiful to look at and to eat. Um, And I think that that's also really important. I think that we eat with our eyes, especially in the summertime. And so, and not depriving ourselves from things that we do want or like, but just figuring out ways to still have, um, one of the things that I've learned so much from you guys is just like no carbs naked, right? And having those, that pairing is such an important part. Um, And I want you to speak specifically to something you mentioned earlier, which is this idea that like women are going for like the low fat things, but they should actually, they need more of that fat and they need more of that protein. What is a what are, what are those amounts actually? And like, what is important for a woman specifically? Because I was thinking too about, for instance, I, after getting COVID last year, had um, really heavy periods and that impacted my iron levels. So then I was having to really offset for that. And I think that we often don't talk about how much food is like a really big part of figuring out, not just like the supplement aspect of that, but like making sure that my diet was inclusive of all the things that I actually needed. Yeah, that's a great question. And again, every person is individualized. So your needs are going to be different from my needs. It doesn't matter what I eat in a a day. It's not going to replicate your your needs. Um, In terms of calories and grams, I really don't come from a counting calories mindset. And that's not something I like to practice. I don't find um, that it's necessarily helpful because it's more important to tune into our hunger cues. What does my body actually need rather than a number that a calculator spit out for me? Um, It has no idea if I was under the weather or I was more active or if I was stressed, et cetera. Or if my period just happened or something, yeah. Yes, or if I have my period right now and I'm craving things or if I'm about to ovulate and I actually need more carbohydrates for that process to even happen. Um, But in a general terms, um, for protein, we like to see anywhere from like 25 to 30 grams per meal. Um, So again, not to get crazy, but a hard-boiled egg is about six grams of protein. So if you have two eggs, that's 12. Okay, well, we're missing and we still need an extra 10 plus to make that meal more satisfying and satiating and to get us through the day without like cravings and grazing and picking and hangry and all those things. So maybe can we add um, a slice of avocado toast with that? Can we 
put collagen in our coffee. All of these things will like help to get you over the hump. Another thing I see a lot is most people think they can only have two slices of turkey. Like where did that, where, <laughs> where did that rule come from? No idea. Like please three or four will get you to that 25 grams. Um, so that's a good rule of thumb, 25 to 30 grams. Another great way to get in protein is adding um, like a cup of beans to a salad. Beans mm. have like 12 to 15 grams of protein. It's a wonderful way to boost protein and get in really high quality fiber. Um, from a fat perspective, rather than focus on a number here, I just like to say, can we get a source of healthy fat with every meal we have? Mm. So healthy fats are going to be avocado, extra virgin olive oil, nuts seeds, um, any type of nut, walnuts, almonds, cashews, whatever tickles your fancy, please have it. Any type of nut butter um, and then all the seeds. And then I just like to be mindful of the inflammatory oils. Um, so mostly found on our uh, foods that come in a package or our processed foods. And just be mindful of that. I mean, I eat packaged food. We all do. But if you're eating a packaged food for every meal and snack, can you just turn over that label and read the ingredients? Do you have that canola oil, the sunflower, the safflower, um, all of those oils that over time can cause issues, but a little bit here and there is really not something to uh, be nervous about. I feel like I'm learning so much already from just like the 29 minutes we've been on this conversation. And it brought me to my next question, which is around those inflammatory responses that as women specifically, especially with like hormone health or like our periods can happen and that maybe can be not healed, but just like calm down slightly with the foods that we do eat, right? One of the things that I did during WOW Week when I did it with Sarah, um, with Carolyn a few months ago or a month ago now was the dandelion root tea was so good and still something I have and around my period I'm realizing how great it is for like my bloating and my overall symptoms to have like a couple of cups of that tea yeah and so I would love to hear a little bit more around like how food can help us support things that are happening in our everyday life yeah great question I love dandelion tea too not just for bloating but around our cycle it's great um, it's a liver loving food, I call it. So it actually helps to our body to process the excess estrogen we have oh, cool. um, during our cycle. And it helps our cycle. It, while a natural and beautiful process, it is very inflammatory to the body. Um, so the dandelion tea, again, can help calm that inflammation. Um, other foods that can do this are like our, the cruciferous veggies. Um, so your bok choy, your broccoli, your cauliflower, your kale, your collards, all that good stuff. Um, anything that is um, bright and colorful is full of like antioxidants and phytonutrients. So a great rule of thumb is anything that is the same color on the inside and the outside. So your berries, your cantaloupe, like your peaches, your strawberries, things like that. Um, tomatoes, carrots, um, those are all going to be really beneficial and powerful to our body. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. Green That's tea. That's such a good note. Like though, like the inside and the, I'd never thought about that. Yeah. It's a great tip to mm -hmm. keep in the back of your mind. Um, green tea, matcha, those are all, um, really anti-inflammatory and liver loving and can help around our cycle and help with our hormones. Mm. Sometimes I think one of the hardest things about eating to support your body and your mind is honestly just not knowing where to start. 
because it feels mm. like such an overwhelming task and you may have been set in your ways either because of how your family grew up, right? Or what your family was eating all the time or what you have had to make do with because of how quickly you have to eat your meals or such. And so having the actual space to explore what benefits your body and your mind and notice what you may be lacking or what you may be wanting more of feels like such an empowering journey as well. Yeah. And a great place to start is if you are overwhelmed, um, pick one new food, one new fruit, one new vegetable every time you go into the store. Um, And now that it's getting summer and hopefully there's seasonal farmer's markets near you, um, go in there with a curious mind. Again, ask, go to a, a, a new tent or table that you haven't been to before. Pick the farmer's brain or ask them like, what is in season right now? Uh, or what is your favorite vegetable? And then ask them how to cook it. Because a lot of times, like over, uh, over the in the fall, I think I went to the farmer's market and I got, um, what was it? Oh, it was celeriac root. So mm-hmm. the root of the celery. And I was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. But I just mm-hmm. went up there and I said, um, this is a new vegetable to me. Can you give me some tips? And they were so informative and helpful. So that's a really great way um, I would say is try one new veggie every time you go into the store and then just plants in general, um, is a wonderful way to start adding more nutrition and variety to your diet. You can never go wrong with adding, um, more plants and actually plant diversity is one of the best ways to improve the environment of our gut. The more plants, the better. They studies show that if you can get 30 different varieties a week, you'll have a more robust and diverse microbiome than someone else. This is so cool. When you are trying to approach these new foods and figure out what does suit your body and your mind the best, how do you manage, what are some like tips to to go about that when you maybe have a history of having a more complicated relationship with food? That's a really good question. Um, Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, eating disorders are very individualized. Um, The goal is we don't want to trigger Mm. any of those emotions. And that's really what we have to unpack first before we start to introduce new foods. And a lot of the times I, I work with eating disorder recovered clients. Um, and it's kind of unpacking, where do you feel safe right now? And what are some foods that you eat, you used to eat in the past that brought you joy? Mm -hmm. And how can we tackle that together? And a lot of the times, uh, I haven't done this with a client before, but I know a tool is you can ask that client to bring in that food to a meeting, to a session, and I would have that same food and we would eat it together. That's awesome. And just unpack the feelings together that come mm-hmm. up around that food. Um, a lot of the times with my recovered clients, it's more so about the education, not mm-hmm. specifically about that food. It's like, well, I thought that X mm-hmm. food was going to make me gain weight, or mm-hmm. I thought X food was going to... Um, Fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's more so unpacking and educating them on the why and kind of mm-hmm. breaking down the science behind the food, like why carbohydrates are so beneficial for mm-hmm. our cycles. I have clients who they are, uh, they, they don't get their period currently. 
And so Mm -hmm. it's trying to educate them on, well, we actually need carbohydrates for this process to happen. We need those healthy fats for this process to happen. We Mm -hmm. need adequate protein. Um, We need to make our bodies feel safe. We need to maybe Mm -hmm. um, reduce the high intensity workouts and focus more on yoga Mm -hmm. and meditation and all these practices. Um, I know that was a long-winded answer, but let me know if you want me to. No, it's perfect. Um, go into detail on anything or, um, no, it's perfect. I think that it's, it was my one question I wanted to make sure I asked because I know, I think we all have complicated relationships with food and that's like, just just the journey of being, I think a woman in this world, a human in this world. Um, and I knew that, and I like your take on it because it feels so much, it feels like it's very based on companionship and and doing this Mm -hmm. together. Oh yeah. And, as someone who struggles personally, I also know that a hundred percent is the education. It is like the, how can I rid myself of the fear so that I can actually see what it is, it is and what it is not. But you all brought up like four different really great points that I want to start wrapping the conversation up with because it's already, I'm like, I can just talk to you for hours on this topic. But the things that you brought up now around how important it is to have carbs, protein, fats for your period and to have these things so that your body is feeling safe. Can you talk to me more about how you talk about that and what is a really good takeaway for someone to have if they're trying to understand their body more? Sure. Um, I just want to add, and you said that I agree with, you don't have to go through any of this alone. And that's, there are providers out there who specialize in eating disorders or just nutrition in general, like me, like if you need help navigating like the science of food, what is good for my body, please, you don't need to do this alone. Please work with a provider. Um, and like you mentioned, we've all had our, our ish with food. Like a part of the reason I got into this field too, is because I also had a very disordered eating mentality and body confidence issue. And the more I learned, I was like, Oh my God, I know nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely know nothing. And again, like you can't go to Instagram, you can't go to TikTok because it's only going to fuel those um, kind of those inconsistencies that you hear. It really goes back to that question too of just like, what are, why is it so important that we're feeding our oh, body the right thing? Yes, for our for hormones. our periods. But it also, when you said it too, the second part of that question is hit workouts um, mm. and how that impacts everything. So I also want you to talk to about that. Yeah. There's so much I want you to talk about. <laughs> so for our periods specifically, and for women of all ages, actually, mm-hmm. um, to create our sex hormones. So your estrogen, your pro- progesterone, your testosterone, um, your DHEA, your cortisol, all of these things, um, they rely on cholesterol. Cholesterol is the building block, the foundation of everything else. And so people hear cholesterol and they're like, Oh my God, like heart disease or all of these things, not the same thing. We're talking about the healthy fats. That's why it's so important to get those, those avocados, those nuts, those seeds, those extra virgin olive oil, that, um, you know, whole Greek yogurt, all of those things are what are the building blocks and they're going to help create, um, those hormones, even like high quality protein. So your meat, your eggs, your fish, all of those things that Mm. all contribute. Um, And same with the carbohydrates. We need good sources of whole grain, fiber-rich carbohydrates to give us energy and fuel. Um, 
that is the number one fuel source for our body. So if we are restricting and depriving ourselves in that, our hormones are crying for help. Um, and then you mentioned the exercise, the HIIT workouts. So HIIT workouts, HIIT workouts are really intense on our body, specifically for females. Um, and it can, and HIIT workouts, they increase our cortisol levels. And so when our cortisol goes up, our body um, thinks that we're in a stress response. Now, some cort some elevated cortisol is a good thing, but our body should have the ability to regulate it and it'll rise and then it will fall. But when we're stuck in this fight or flight overdrive, that cortisol stays up. So add a HIIT workout to it and you're just, you're like, you're way up here. You're super elevated and you're, vi you're like so vibey and you can't come down. Now, when you're that stressed, your body can't prioritize getting your period. Your body can't prioritize getting pregnant. Your body can't prioritize um, ovulating all of these things because it's focusing so much on everything else. So that's where it means, that's when I say your body needs to feel safe and taking a step back and properly fueling with nutrition and fueling from an exercise and movement standpoint can really help balance those out. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I can seriously continue com this conversation for like hours and hours on end. Um, but I will start wrapping up the conversation and happy to come back. I know, right? I <laughs> feel like you're going to be just like our resident nutritionist because it is such a good conversation to have. And like I said, I do think so wholeheartedly across so many topics that the more information we have, the better we are at actually making decisions for ourselves versus taking someone else's day in the life or this is what I eat in a day as like the gold standard because it isn't because our bodies are different because you wouldn't know that I was struggling with like low iron and that's why I'm eating such a thing, right? Like there's so much background information that is missing in content and that hopefully will help you figure out like draw inspiration from all the places you would like, but know that at the end of the day, it's about like, where are you in your life and what's actually going to support you to feel the best and the healthiest. Without a doubt. I love that. Where can people find you on the internet, Sarah? Thank you for asking. So you can find me on Instagram at Seriously Delicious. So that's S-R-S-L-Y Delicious. Um, and then come see me at Indigo Wellness Group. I see clients virtually and in person at our Westport offices. Um, and I would love to see you and help you navigate any uh, nutrition and wellness questions and journey that you guys might be on. And I can co-sign Indigo personally because I go there for acupuncture all the time. But at this point, I'm also going to just expand my reach across all the different areas that y'all offer because it's just so amazing. And I am so thankful for your time today. Thank you so much. I'm adding all of Sarah's links and social handles to our show notes. Make sure to follow her for added resources. Don't forget to rate, review, or share. Happy to be here with a friend if you can. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.